Hi, I'm Maria Stolger and welcome to episode 73 of Talking with Painters. This is the second of three episodes where I take you through the Archibald Wynne and Sulman exhibitions at the Art Gallery of New South Wales, which is on until 8 September 2019. This episode covers the paintings of podcast guests who are finalists in the Wynne Prize. And of course, the Wynne Prize is for landscape painting or figurative sculpture, although we're just going to be looking at paintings today. If you haven't heard it already, have a listen to my short introduction in episode 71, which explains how you can see the works I'm going to talk to you about. Basically, you don't have to be at the gallery to listen to this, but it would be good if you were. All the information is also on talkingwithpainters.com, including a gallery map which shows where all the paintings are. The first painting we're going to look at in the win is by Mark Etherington and it's called The View from My Mum and Dad's Place. It's number 61. Mark also has a work in the Archibald this year. This is slightly out of the ordinary for Mark because he hardly ever would paint a straight landscape. There's always some unexpected figure which usually injects some humour or absurdity in the narrative of the painting. If you feel like lightening your day, just go to his Instagram page where he posts his work and if you're anything like me, it will make you laugh. But I feel this painting is a little more serious. It's the view from his parents' place in Gaimea, southern Sydney, and he says it's his favourite view in the world. It's looking across the river at boats and hills dotted with tiny houses, and it looks like it's dusk, and I immediately feel a sense of nostalgia or longing. He has a very sophisticated use of colour. Those hints of purple in the blue water with that edge of pale green makes the painting glow and adds to that idea of a magical childhood memory. As with all his works, there's a flat two-dimensional quality and a great composition. Those houses dotted on the hills of various colours create an interest which really make the painting work. By the way, he's self-taught and extremely self-deprecating, so I thought I'd share a story he tells of how he came to paint Archibald winner Del Catherine Barton for the Archibald in 2015. Um, So Del, she emailed me and just said, is there any paintings for sale? And I'd sent her some photos of some paintings that I'd done. And um, I just thought, I'm just going to ask her if um, she'd mind sitting for me. And then she said yes. And I was like, oh, that's crazy. Now I have to uh, figure out how to do that. So I went out and bought a uh, sketch pad. So I would rocked up at Dell's studio and thought, you have to do a sketch and take photos. And it was the first sketch I'd ever done of anyone, you know, so... It's really bad. The next painting we're looking at is by Ken Doan and it's next to Mark's painting in the gallery. It's number 87. It's called Outback and it depicts termite mounds in a scrubby landscape. Ken said in my interview that he's not trying to paint what something looks like but rather what it feels like and those hot colours certainly capture the feeling of a hot, dry Australian landscape. As is the delightful thing about Ken's work, there's a great variation of marks in this painting with a strong combination of horizontal and vertical shapes. What's important to Ken, though, is that he creates work which doesn't give you everything in one go, but reveals itself over the years. I asked him how he thinks you can achieve that, and here's what he had to say. Well... I don't think you can write a book on it and I don't think you can write it down. I think you just have to feel it 
And I think it's got more to do with music. I think it's got more to do with jazz. I think it's got more to do with improvisation. It's got to do, you can't, well, I can't, let's just speak in my terms. I can't plan a painting like that. I can only start it and see where that adventure takes me. And the hardest thing is really finding an end. The next painting is a collaboration between Black Douglas and the late Elaine Russell. It's called Ashes, Damper and Kangaroo Stew for Dinner and it's number 62. It's a quite stylised painting depicting three Aboriginal people around a home in the landscape. I interviewed Black earlier this year and he has two paintings in this exhibition, In the Wynn and The Archibald. He strongly identifies with his Aboriginal heritage and his work nearly always carries a commentary on the issues facing Aboriginal people in our country. Auntie Elaine was a major influence on Black's work and you'll hear in a moment how this painting came about. As this is a collaborative um, effort, there are elements of his landscape work here, but what's missing is his trademark seven-tiered sky, which you'll see um, in the Archibald painting. Have a listen to him talking about this painting and about the elements he added to it. Um, Auntie Elaine Russell, who was arguably the biggest influence on my style, uh, whom I did meet in those early days at Bamali. Mm-hmm. And if you look at her works um, and look at my works today, it's pretty damn obvious that she has influenced the way I execute a landscape. You know, uh, block colours, uh, key line, black outlines around yeah. everything yeah. and um, the layers of, of uh, landscape. But um, what happened was that she passed in 2017 and I've known her son for a long time is a beautiful man and a wonderful muso in the community here. I asked him were there any paintings of hers remaining because I really love one in my collection. Yeah. And um, he got back to me and said, look, I've got this idea. Mum had started this canvas before she had a stroke Mm. and um, we'd be honoured if you'd finish it. So I when I collected this canvas and it was, you know, it was probably two thirds of the way there really. And I brought it back here and and completed it. And um, I simply added more foliage in the way that I would add my foliage. I have this consistency um, where I put these kind of rondels of bush in the landscapes. Mm -hmm. And they're they're just like green balls. And people often ask, what are they? Well, they were, uh, primarily influenced by the um, paddy melons in the desert. So you get this beautiful stark contrast between the red dust and these bright green balls mm. just sitting there. If you're at the gallery, when you walk into the next room, you'll see on the left-hand side wall, there are three paintings in a row which are by podcast guests. The first is by Natasha Bienyek, and this painting is called... Reflection, and it's number 54. This painting is of a group of ferns and dense foliage on the side of a pond which is covered in the foreground with lily pads. She also has is a finalist this year in the Archibald. She won the Win Prize in 2015, and this year she has been highly commended for this work. 
If you're familiar at all with Natasha's work, the first thing that is going to strike you about this painting is its size. In Natasha's world, this is absolutely gigantic. That's because Natasha usually works in miniature. A painting 10 centimetres high is not an unusual sight in her studio. But even though it's a lot larger, she has still remained faithful to her attention to the most intricate detail of the landscape. If you look closely at that tangle of foliage on the right-hand side, her ability to describe so much detail and yet keep a mass like that interesting is a feat in itself. Not to mention the number of greens she mixes to achieve the contrast. If you go to the video I made, you'll see she uses a disposable palette and every morning mixes up about 40 colours before she starts. She's also a workhorse. She works all day with a 10-minute break for lunch. Have a listen for a bit of an insight into her process. When you so we've already talked about gessoing the surface, so you have to, you, you've got to make sure it's an ex, extremely smooth. Yeah, so I usually use about six layers of gesso, and I sand very lightly between each layer to get an ultimately smooth surface. So I don't want any texture in there whatsoever. And then it's a very slow and traditional process of building layer upon layer upon layer adding a little bit more information within each layer. Because oil paint is essentially transparent um, in that the oil paint reflects light. So uh, it, it needs to be built up over time to create this kind of... Um, so how many layers would you say <laughs> on average? Uh, it's, it's usually about six to seven layers wow. of paint on one painting. The next painting we are looking at is by Abdul Abdullah, the second painting in the exhibition. His previous one, the other one we mentioned was in the Sulman. This, uh, this is the first time he has entered the win. And as with his previous painting, we have a glorious oil painting in the first layers. It's a landscape painting of the Australian countryside with the words, a terrible burden painted over the top in stark white. This painting reflects his views about a colonial attitude he sees in relation to landscape painting in Australia and towards Indigenous landscape painting. Abdul's been making political and social comments through his art for years, which one expects requires a thick skin, but developing that might have a bit to do with learning boxing in his early years. And in my interview, I asked him what he took away from that. I guess you take away certainly... Certainly it was an outlet, especially from a frustrated young man. Like, you go there and you'd, you'd, it's very difficult to be angry after a hard training session. But also, it gives you a certain amount of fearlessness after fighting for a while, uh, where there's, comparatively, there's nothing scarier for me than walking from the change room to a boxing ring. Like, that, that, that walk, that short walk, however long it is, that 30-second walk from the change room through the crowd and stepping into the ring made me feel so nauseous and terrified every time, no matter how many times I did it, um, that now anything that sort of happens pales in, in comparison. Like, it's all kind of insignificant. So it's, I, I guess a lot of people I've, I've found get very nervous with public speaking and well, that doesn't really bother me so much anymore because mm. it's not as scary as going into a fight. You're not going to get beaten up. <laughs> no, that's one of the things with boxing, like win or lose, you're going to like, you're still going to cop it a bit. 
The next painting is by Mache Bolter and it is number 55 and it's next to the painting of um, Abdul in the gallery and it's called Interlude. This work is a view of Port Davie in Tasmania and it's painted on hand-beaten steel. And if you go up close, you can see the dimpled effect of the steel, which I feel gives it a feeling of some ancient artefact. It's set more or less at dusk with uh, the land silhouetted against the sky. And there couldn't be many other artists who have more authority to paint the sea than Mache Bolter because from the age of two, her parents, who were both born in Canada, took Mache sailing around the world and much of her childhood would be spent on a boat with her sister and parents. She's been a finalist in the Glover Landscape Prize seven times. One of the most striking things about Mache's work is the use of light, a low-level light which she loves because it tends to make the land less of a feature and puts the focus on the sky and the sea. When I interviewed Mache, I, I said to her that I felt that light coming through the clouds has some element of spirituality to it, and, and this is what she said about that. Well, it gives a point of exit, you know, a point of leaving. It's giving you somewhere to go, you know, I guess. Yeah. And that's what I, I do want my paintings to give people a feeling of departure, I suppose, that it can take them somewhere else, can mm. take them outside of themselves and perhaps connect you to something that is greater than just your own being. The next painting I'm going to talk about is in fact the winner of the Win Prize and it's by and it's by Sylvia Ken. It's called Seven Sisters. In the gallery it is number 65. I was lucky to interview Sylvia on the day of the prize announcement and you can see a video of that interview if you click on the link um, on the website. Sylvia is from the Amata community in the APY lands in South Australia and her family are traditional owners for significant sites where the Seven Sisters story takes place. In the video, Sylvia told me a bit about the story through her interpreter. It's, uh, it's absolutely astonishing, this work. Um, it's very hard to get a feeling of it. Unfortunately, if you're looking at it online, you really do need to go to the gallery to see it. It is um, absolutely uh, breathtaking. The dark ground... Um, makes the combination of colours from a fairly limited palette absolutely vibrate and sparkle, which is no doubt deliberate uh, because the story itself relates to the journey of the seven sisters that make up a star cluster in the Milky Way. And if you see the video, you'll hear Sylvia talking about it um, herself. Although that's the last painting of podcast guests in the Win Prize, there's one more room at the Art Gallery of New South Wales of paintings of Win Prize finalists, and it's really worth seeing because there's some stunning work in that room, including the winner of the Roberts Family Prize uh, by Nanguna Marawili and the winner of the Watercolour Prize, uh, Robin Sweeney. So really have uh, take some time looking there because it really is worth it. And uh, if you want to join me for the Archibald, which is next up, if you haven't heard it already, just click play on episode 74.